live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon to you and to yours. Welcome. Thursday, June 30th, the year 2022. And the news just keeps on popping in. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 in Lafayette. We're also on. 1041 in Lake Charles. We are streaming all over the world. Uh, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area and you've got a television set, well, you can tune us in as we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Let's go. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, get ready because college football is a changing yet again. Now, USC and UCLA, two of the Pac-12's flagship programs, are planning to leave the conference for the Big Ten as early as 2024. The Mercury News first reported the news. There's still a formal notification process. The two schools have to let the Pac-12 know their intentions to leave. USC and UCLA also have to formally apply to the Big Ten. Uh, that process apparently is underway. Uh, sources say that the next steps are mere formalities and an announcement could come within the next 24 hours. Here is the caveat. USC and UCLA um, have grant rights that are tied to the current Pac-12 television contract, which expires after the 2023 football season. Therefore, both schools could go to the Pac, uh, to the Big Ten for the 24-25 season and not suffer any financial penalty. So get ready, get ready, because now these big these schools in the ACC that make money. Oh, it's going to become two super conferences. Notre Dame's going to go to the Big Ten. Clemson, Florida State, SEC bound. I'm just telling you, it's all coming to fruition. We're going to have uh, money rules the ship. And these schools all want to be operating from a position of strength. We'll delve deeper into this in hour number two when my good friend from on3.com, Michael Huguenin, will join us. And I'm telling you, it is, it's an arms race in college football. I'm telling you, Kendall Rogers of uh, D1 Baseball will join us here in about 10 minutes. Jake Johnson does it again. One of the biggest fish in the transfer portal, former UCLA starting pitcher, Thatcher Hurd. Now, as a freshman, he had a 1.06 ERA through 34 innings before suffering a season-ending stress fracture in his lower back. Um, according to those, the good news is that the recovery has gone very well. 
Uh, so he is a strong candidate to be in LSU's starting rotation next season. He's a freshman, so he's not a draft risk this year. He has another one to keep an eye on. Former Southern Miss right-hander Hurston Waldrop has entered the portal and has been rumored to be considering LSU. Struck out 140, walked 33 in 90 innings of work for USM this past season. Uh, he is currently with LSU's Trey Morgan and Dylan Cruz at the U.S. Collegiate National Team Training Camp. Hey, hey Trey, Dylan, recruit, recruit, and recruit. All right, Matt McMahon, I saw him at my daughter's summer league basketball game. He's coming on the show next week after the 4th of July. Now he knows who he's going to be playing in the SEC this year. An 18-game schedule, LSU will play its three permanent home and away opponents, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas A&M. They'll also play Florida and Missouri, both in Baton Rouge and on the road. LSU's four other league home games will be against Auburn. That'll be a good one. South Carolina, Tennessee's a good one, and Vanderbilt. The four single games on the road will be at Georgia, at Ole Miss, at Mississippi State, and at venerable Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky. We are 66 days away from the start of the college football season for LSU. Florida State will come to the Caesar Superdome. We'll talk with Carter Carells, who uh, is the beat writer for the Florida State Seminoles. Find out a little bit about uh, uh, what that team is all about in year two of Coach Norvell. That'll come up around 2.30ish this afternoon. At 3 o'clock, Bob Starkey. He came to LSU, was a was a guy that really helped Dale Brown's staff on the men's side. Then he flipped over to the women's side with Sue Gunner and company. He's moved around a little bit. Well-regarded, highly, highly regarded. He comes back home. He is now on Kim Mulkey's staff. He will join us at 3 o'clock and talk about why and talk about the magic of Mulkey as she gets the number one recruit in the country to commit. And um, so we'll talk with Bob Starkey. Free agency is underway tonight at 5 p.m. Zion Williamson can sign a contract extension that could bind him to the New Orleans Pelicans for more than half a decade. He's entering the final season of his rookie deal. He could link and ink a five-year agreement worth up to $186 million. Now, David Griffin earlier said it's an easy decision to offer Williamson a max deal. And everybody's predicting that Williamson and the Pelicans will reach an agreement quickly. What will that agreement be about? Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, so the max deal is there. And Zion's in New Orleans. He's working with kids. He's working at the facility. He's doing all these kind of things. So uh, we certainly hope that that comes to fruition and there's no angst there. Uh, Peyton Turner, the New Orleans Saints defensive end, has been medically cleared to return to action after appearing in just five games last year and rehabilitating off to the side during the team's off-season practices. Turner said, it's been a long road to recovery. I had a pretty major shoulder surgery last November. Didn't quite have the rookie year I wanted. But shout out to everybody that stayed down with me and helped me get to this point. Blessed to say, I've been cleared. There you go. So I like that. Now, somebody needs to talk uh, to my boy, um, 
with the uh, the New Orleans Pelicans because the first pick in the draft, Dyson Daniels, um, went out and about. And, uh, you know, with all the places you can go eat in the Crescent City, no offense, but um, the first place he went to eat, Chipotle? Are you kidding me? Now, St. Uh, Pelicans fans went crazy. Chipotle's fine. You can eat a burrito at a chain restaurant. That's fine. Um, but, dude, you, you got to go and talk to the people and find out the places to go. So um, I'm sure the grief that Daniels has suffered from the Twitter world and from his teammates, he will uh, he will change and he will gain some poundage if he just uh, and, and he needs to. He'll gain some poundage uh, and get ready to go for his rookie season. So, I mean, that. I, True story. My mom and dad, when I was in school, um, we got to the age where we'd stay home by ourselves and we wanted to and let mom and dad go out and do. They went to a different restaurant every Friday and Saturday night for two years, for two years, and still didn't hit every restaurant in that city. Think about that. Think about that. And they kept a journal of it. They had so much fun with it. So many places. What a great city. What a great city. All right. Um, let's see. Boy, you talk about something big. It's time for an epic night of fights. UFC 276 is here, and two titles are on the line. Get into the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. You know, new customers can bet $5 on any fighter to win and get $100 in free bets, win or lose. Whether it's a victory by KO, submission, or decision, you win no matter what. And with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can turn another small bet into a big payday. Combine multiple bets, like which fighter will win, number of knockouts, and more. For UFC 276, you can place a Same Game Parlay, and if it hits, you win double. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any UFC 276 fighter to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code 1037GAME. This Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Must be 21 or older. Physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 minimum deposit. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. Gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. All right, we'll take a quick time out here when we come back. LSU baseball rolling again. The college baseball expert, Kendall Rogers, here on the Jordy Hultberg Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are your home for the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. They say shooters shoot. He's a man who shoots from the hip and a man who's hip when he shoots. And no one shoots more from the hip when it comes to sports talk than the Blonde Bomber. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. It's 17 minutes after the hour on this Thursday, June 30th. LSU baseball just uh, continues to rock and roll. He is the Woj of college baseball. He, he's the, he's the, 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 the breaker of stories, the breaker of news. He's the best in the business. Kendall Rogers, D one baseball joins us again. Kendall, thank you so much, man. Um, 
Paul. What do you say about the job Jake Johnson's doing in this portal portal world? No, it's been impressive. I think if you look at the job that Jay Johnson and LSU has done in the portal, I mean, if, here, here's the thing. I think Jay's kind of had this approach that, you know, from a positional standpoint, we're not real, real sure where these guys are going to kind of fit. But, like, you know, guys like Tommy White and all these kids are really good hitters. And I think he just had the approach of, hey, let's go get these guys and we'll kind of figure out the rest later. And so, I mean, I give him credit. I mean, I, I give him credit. I give LSU credit for obviously having a very organized NIL movement. And uh, clearly – they're kind of setting the stage to, to have a really, really good uh, 2023 season. How good is this Thatcher heard from UCLA? He got a back injury, but before yeah. that, he was seemed to be pretty darn good in the 34 innings of work. Uh, describe his game for me. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, he's one of the top players in the country out of high school, and you know, he went to UCLA. And I actually saw him before he got hurt uh, earlier this year at the Shriners College Classic, and uh, he was electric. I mean, you're talking about a guy. They can get up to 94, 95 with his fastball. has really good off-speed stuff. And, you know, he's one of the more talented freshman pitchers in the country. You could argue he's probably in the top three or four. And so, you know, getting him is obviously huge. Uh, I think the big question mark with Thatcher was, um, you know, his back. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, for LSU fans, you kind of remember Jake Glass. He had a real similar injury to Jake Glass. And if we all remember, you know, Lats, uh, you know, really had a tough time just staying healthy. And the good news, it sounds like Thatcher Hurd has, has made a nice return. It sounds like he's making great progress, and he should be good to go. So, I mean, you factor him in with a guy like Christian Little, who I, I really thought was, you know, under underutilized at Vanderbilt last year. Uh, you know, I thought Vandy should have used him a, a lot more. When you combine him with, you know, Christian Little, and you know, there's, there's obviously, you know, Paul Skeen still out there, uh, who, who I think Ellis has a really good shot at, too. So, I mean, they're, they're filling in every single hole they have with premier players. It's been pretty impressive to see. Between Dylan to break from uh, Creighton, the two-time Big East pitcher yeah. of the year, you mentioned Christian Little. You got heard the, the kid from Southern Miss is out there. I mean, it's it, it might be fair to say that you got three. If if you get the kid from Southern Miss, you got the possibility of three Friday, Saturday, Sunday starters right there that never played for you before. Would that be fair to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, you could end up ha- you know other than Tennessee because Tennessee returns everybody in the rotation, but other than Tennessee. I mean, if you got all those guys, you'd have the best rotation in college baseball. And, you know, I think the, the Waldrop kid from Southern Miss, to me, probably is going to Florida from what I'm hearing. Uh, okay. But, I mean, you can't count LSU out at all these days when it comes to these baseball transfers. Uh, and so it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be fascinating just to see, you know, how he kind of you know, handles the roster and how he handles these last few spots in the portal because, you know, again – the Pac-12 Pitcher of the Year in Stanford, Alex Williams, went in the portal today. Now I'm hearing he's probably going to sign a pro contract, but you know, kind of like to break. Like if he, you know, who's to say that negotiations don't fall apart and he ends up going somewhere for another year of school? So there's there's a lot of elements to play here right now. Is it safe to say that NIL deals have had the will have the most impact and the most positive results yeah. for college baseball other than any other sport? No, they will, and especially in places like LSU. And and, and again, I kind of want to make make clear too, like LSU is not just getting guys because of NIL. That certainly right. helps. But you know, Jay Johnson uh, was a premier recruiter at, at Arizona. He was a great recruiter at USD. I don't think it's any coincidence when he left, Eric Valenzuela left USD. Um, that they declined. Uh, he was already a really good recruiter, and you kind of throw a, a war chest behind him in the NIL department. 
uh, and that's an absolute game changer. So I, I think yeah. when you look at college baseball as a whole, I mean, you even look at today's news with you know USC and UCLA randomly going to the Big Ten. Uh, there's right. no doubt NIL is going to change things in college baseball, and uh, clearly, you know, LSU's ahead of the game. You know, LSU got criticized by their own fans for probably good reason, right, in football for maybe being a little bit behind schools in NIL. Uh, they mm-hmm. haven't made that mistake in baseball. They're ahead of a lot yeah. of schools. But I, but I think I think now this will give kids a, an opportunity to say, wait a minute, do I want to yeah. go ride on buses and, and do all this for yeah. this amount, or can I make this money and play in the best conference and get, get all the exposure? I think more kids are going to opt to play, come play in college. I, I agree with you. And here's the other thing, too, to consider is you have this NIL money and, by the way, the Transformation Committee, the NCAA Transformation Committee, more than likely is going to lift the cap on scholarships and baseball Amen. at the end of the year. And what, what does that mean? That means the SEC probably has 24 to 27 full scholarships in wow. baseball. And so you're talking, you know, if, if you're LSU or you're Mississippi State or Texas A&M or whomever, and you're getting a, a top-notch prospect at a high school, you're in, in a year, you're going to be able to go, hey, by the way, you can – you can come not pay for any school at LSU. And, oh, by the way, you know, I, I don't know what the number is, but, well, you know, we can give you, you know, 50 grand a year in NIL money. I mean, that that is the ultimate game changer. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it for uh, for college baseball. Lift the limits on scholarships. It's great. Kendall Rogers, D1 baseball. Okay, we talked about some players. Uh, the impact of Wes Johnson leaving the Minnesota Twins to become the pitching yeah. coach for LSU. How much of a game changer is that? That's a big one. I mean, I think when you look at Wes, I think LSU caught him at the right time. I think the big thing when you look at Wes is, you know, you you look at guys who want to become Power Five head coaches in college baseball, and you know, Wes Johnson wants to be a Power Five head coach. Well, the problem you run into when you're a pitching coach of the Twins, like people like you and I look at it and go, "Man, that's a really prestigious job." But you know, one, it's less money than college baseball. He's making more money at LSU. And two, your pathway to a Power 5 job uh, as a Minnesota Twins pitching coach is actually pretty difficult. Like, you'd be shocked at the number of ADs that I talked to that don't even think about pro guys. And so uh, I think clearly if you're West and you're looking at LSU situation, you're going, okay, Dan Fitzgerald, Power 5 job, uh, Jason Kelly, uh, Power 5 job at UW. I'm going, hey, man, this is pretty intriguing. Like, I can make, you know, I'm not making a lot more. I'm making thirty or 40000 more. But I can go to a place that if I turn, kind of keep that pitching stuff going, get a premier rotation, like I've got an SEC job in two yep. or three years. And so I think it's just a perfect time for, for Wes. Obviously the timing leaving in the middle of the season is not optimal, but I think for him and him wanting to be a college baseball head coach, it's a no-brainer move. And, I, you know, for me, Jay, Jay Johnson kind of struck gold. I mean, I think Wes is one of the top five pitching coaches in college baseball. You mentioned uh... – Kendall Rogers, D1 Baseball, you mentioned what a great recruiter Jake Johnson is doing, and, and the fact that he's yeah. doing this without a recruiting coordinator. Uh, any yeah. any headways, any info on that? That's going to be interesting. You know, I, I've talked to sources in the last 24 hours who actually, now that they've kind of gotten west, and obviously, as you mentioned, like Jay's not having any any trouble recruiting. It sounds like LSU is really going to kind of, uh, kind of turn over every single stone possible on that job. And I, I think it's the right move. I mean, clearly Jay has everything under control from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, go out there and see if maybe there's some guys that you know that you otherwise didn't think would be interested all of a sudden might be interested. So 
I would think that one's going to take a couple of weeks cause, just because I think Jay's going to interview a lot of people for it. Yeah, but, I mean, okay. the names I'm hearing are, are, you know, some of the premier names. I mean, obviously they went after you know, Jay Bob Thomas at Texas Tech last year. Maybe it's one of those West Johnson deals where they kind of go back to the honey hole, so to speak, and see if they can land him this time. Uh, okay. So, I mean, that would be an obvious one for me. But uh, there are going to be some other big names emerge as well. Kendall, I can't thank you enough. I think LSU fans are tired of seeing Mississippi State and Ole Miss win a national championship. It's been too long. Hey, by the way, is Paul Maneri going back to Notre Dame? He turned them down. So, I mean, I, I, okay. I think it's the right move for Paul, to be honest with you. You know, he finally kind of got the health things back on. He's, you know, yep. the guy's golfing. He's got no stress. I, I They wanted him to come back, but he's not going to go back. And, you know, it's just funny, real quick, to, just to mention, you mentioned Ole Miss and you know, it's crazy how things can change in college sports. You know, yep. this time a year ago, uh, LSU fans were, or well, I guess a little bit more than the time a year ago, but, you know, LSU fans were mad that, you know, Mike Bianco might be going to LSU. Ole Miss fans were, were hoping and praying he would go to LSU. <laughs> now, a year later, the guy's a national champion. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. Good for him. A good guy. Um, I, I, I love it, but it's it's LSU. They they need they need to get this thing going and, and – uh, it sure appears that Jake Johnson's doing that. Kendall, have a great 4th of July, man. Thank you so much you for your well, time. Buddy. and Thanks, uh, Enjoy the offseason, right. which never ends. All right, buddy. That's Kendall Rogers, D1 Baseball. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with, guess what? A new Apple Watch. All you have to do is join our brand new text club. Simply text GAME. G-A-M-E, right? Text GAME to 337-288-8100. That's GAME to 337-288-8100. Now, once you join, you'll be eligible to win an Apple Watch. Plus, you have a ton of chances to score other great prizes like Astros tickets and more. It's the GAME Text Club. Find out more at 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. I wish I could get an Apple Watch. I got one. It's old, but I'm not eligible. But you are. So text GAME to 337-288-8100. 66 days and counting till the LSU football season commences. And um, with that in mind, we will... um, take you inside the Florida State Seminoles program. Find out if they're going to be any good or not. Next, here on the Jordy Heldberg Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are your home for the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on its Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Hey, welcome back in uh, 66 days on September the 4th at 6.30 p.m. inside Caesars Superdome. The college football season of 2022 will begin for the LSU Tigers and the Florida State Seminoles. We're starting a series here where we're going to go inside 
the opponent's program. And uh, for that, for the Florida State Seminoles, there's only one person to deal with, and that's Carter Carroll. Is it Carell or Carroll's? What is it, Carter? It's Carl's. It can be quite confusing, so I totally understand. All right. (laughs) Carter Carl's is the Florida State beat writer for TV Online and at Knowles Sports. And ironically... He previously covered Notre Dame football. What did you think of LSU getting Brian Kelly? <laughs> yeah, it was uh, crazy. I mean, um, covering Notre Dame football for three seasons, uh, I think everyone there thought that Brian Kelly was going to retire at Notre Dame and uh, mm-hmm. eventually get a statue there. But, uh, yeah, him moving to LSU was uh, shocking for you know, a lot of reasons. But, um Going to be really, really fun. Uh, Florida State's second game of the year at the Superdome, LSU. Uh, me, selfishly, I love it because, um, you know, haven't been in New Orleans, been to Superdome. It's awesome. But yeah. then also the Brian Kelly tie, where Florida State's at right now. There's just so many interesting storylines that it's going to be really fun to cover. Mike Norvell starting his third year. Where is Florida State right now in your mind? Yeah, so when Mike Norvell took over the program 2020 season, uh, he had quite the job on his hands. Uh, Not only was his first season amid the COVID-19 pandemic, but he had quite the rebuild on his hands. He he Mm -hmm. really had to turn over a pretty bad roster at Florida State. He's still in the process of doing that. The rebuild's not complete, but you're starting to see his fingerprints on the roster. You're starting to see an improved culture. Um, He's adding a lot of transfers every single year to this team. Uh, And and so this is a team where, you know, they went 5-7 and last year. They were below 500 the, the year before. They were below 500 the year before that. Mm-hmm. I think this is the year where they finally break the 500 mark. Now, again, at a place like Florida State, um, your expectation is to compete right. for ACC championships. So that's, that's not really the bar that you'd want if you're a Florida State fan. But mm-hmm. considering how the last few years have gone, I think a lot of uh, fans should be content with, hey, on the right track, on the right path, for everything they've had to experience over the last few years, now they're finally kind of trending upward, it seems. Uh, Carter, uh, Mike Norvell got the job uh, from Memphis basically because his offenses were so good and that they always had these running backs that were so fast and they ran the ball. They ran the ball down your throat. Um, is he doing the same type of thing at Florida State? Does he want to run the ball first, pass later? Well, I think it really is built around their quarterback, Jordan Travis, and okay. he can run the ball just as well as any quarterback out there. Um, so I think that will be a big part of their game. I think what's really held them back is, you know, their wide receiver group. They haven't had, in his two seasons at Florida State, they haven't had a receiver get past 400 yards on a season, which, I mean, that, that's crazy. You, you want to yeah. have a 1,000-yard receiver, but to not even have a 400-yard receiver is uh, is pretty wild. But yeah. Um, the running game, I like where it's at. You know, mentioned where Jordan Travis, what, what he does as a running quarterback. But uh, they also uh, added a transfer from Oregon, Trey Benson, 
Uh, Treshawn Ward was a big part of the running game last year. And Lawrence Toafili is a uh, rising true sophomore who's got a lot of talent to him. So it's really going to be a running back by committee, those three guys. And um, no, I don't think they'll have a 1,000-yard rusher this year, but they're going to have a pretty good committee, and it's definitely one of their best position groups, I would say, for this season. Carter, the offensive line has been kind of a, a problem in, in the past couple of years. Has that been shorn up, or is that still going to be a um, a source of concern? Yeah, it, it is definitely on the upward trajectory. But man, I mean, it it has for, just for it to be mediocre will, would speak to the amount of progress that position oh, group okay. has had. They've been one of the worst position groups or they've been one of the worst offensive lines in the power five, you know, the last handful of years. And uh, I think this is the year where they take that leap and, and begin to be, you know, one of the more average, maybe above average offensive lines in the ACC. A lot of that's because of the transfer portal. And a lot of that is because of their offensive line coach, Alex Atkins. He's the best recruiter on the staff. Um, he's done a really good job getting some great talent in, lots of four stars, lots of lots of high end three stars, and a lot of good a lot of good transfers as well. So um, yeah, I, li- I like where the group is at. I think it'll be the best offensive line they've had probably in at least five years. So okay. um, yeah, it'll it'll it's definitely um, doing much better than it, where it was uh, previously. When I think of Florida State, I think of uh, Charlie Ward. I think of Deion Sanders. I think of some of the great players that uh, that Bobby Bowden had there. And I remember his his whole mantra back when he first started was, "We'll play anybody anywhere." And he did. He 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 took his show on the road, and he he played all the best teams, and he built that thing up uh, to what it is, what it was, where they were they were the program for decades. Uh, that was the cool school to go to now Mike Norvell's trying to get that back we talked a little bit offensively they need some help what about the defense um and and where where does that stand how much how much improvement needs to be shown there I really like where the defense is at compared to the offense I think having watched probably about 12 or 13 practices this spring it was really apparent just how much better the defense was than the offense. They, they seem to dominate a lot of practice, uh, each, each practice that I watched. Um, they've obviously have some pretty big shoes to, to replace, and Jermaine Johnson, the, the first-round pick to the New York Jets, he was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year as a defensive end. Uh, but they've got some pretty good defensive linemen. Uh, Jared Verse they added from Albany. He was one of the most coveted defensive end transfers on the market. Uh, Derek McClendon's supposed to take a big jump this year. Uh, their defensive tackles were both all ACC honorable mention uh, players. Um, they've gotten a first-team all-ACC safety coming back in Jamie Robinson. And they've got a pretty good uh, defensive back group as a whole. And at linebacker, uh, they added a all all AAC uh, linebacker and Tatum Bassoon out of UCF. So they've got a lot of all-conference talent at, at all levels of the defense. Um, I think when I think about the defense, I think of it as a strength of the team. 
the offense is where they have questions, right? It's, you know, receiver, are they going to have a guy who is the number one receiver? I don't know. Uh, offensive line, it's still kind of average. But defense, I think that's the strength of the team. And I think if they were to win seven, eight, nine games, it would be because of that defense. Interesting. Carter Carroll's kind enough to join us. I, I, I'm fascinated. I got to go back um, to your relationship with Brian Kelly and knowing what the SEC is all about. Um, he's been successful everywhere he's been. Uh, do you feel he'll have the same success? Do you think he came to LSU because he had a better opportunity to win a national championship here, do you think? I think he did do that. I think he saw you know the way he describes it at Notre Dame things that were kind of limiting him um whether it was just resources or you know the amount of access to like things in the facility like nutrition and um just a as a place where his players could eat um and at LSU I mean they're full of resources they're full of commitment full of money full of passion um and it's going to be really interesting to see how it pays off because I think there are two sides of it. I think on one hand, um, people will say, well, this seems like a weird fit. This is a, you know, a Boston guy who coached in the Midwest coming to the South. Um, not, no, recruiting, no recruiting ties in the state um, and joining a conference where it is hard to – win consistently and it is hard to mm-hmm. um you know uh, compete with the likes of alabama and georgia and it makes the expectations so high but on the other side i think you look at his track record and you say well i mean les miles and ed orgeron won a national championship That's why right. can't brian kelly someone who's won as many games as he's won yep. someone who's been to two college football playoffs uh, someone who's been in the national championship game, why can't he do that at a place like LSU where, you know, I think the objective person would say Brian Kelly's a better coach than at Oregon and, and Les Miles, so why, why couldn't he do that? Yeah. So he'll have all the resources available to do that. I think it's just up to him as far as how committed he wants to be at recruiting um, and then how this whole crazy college football landscape plays out. Right. I mean, we don't even know who else you will be playing every year, um, potentially four years from now. So they'll just, go to a pod right, system. Get, get. So there's so many things trying to predict. It's kind of wild, but you, you could really see it going either way. I feel like for Brian Kelly. Well, in answer to your first part about Brian Kelly being from Boston, Nick Saban was up there in Michigan and all those. He had no concept of what it was like in the South, and he ended up pretty good. He won a national championship as well. So I understand where you're going with that. But just get ready because Florida State, I'm telling you, with what USC and UCLA are going to do, welcome to the SEC, Florida State. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to (laughs) happen. I mean, who knows? I mean, at this point, I am expecting, or I'm 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 expecting the unexpected. Um, it, it's just a crazy, crazy world we live in, and uh, man, that news coming down today, I think it, it shocked everyone. But it also didn't shock everyone because you know what? It's college athletics. It, this is this is what it is now. Carter, here's the whole key to everything in life. 
follow the money. The Big yep. Ten's about to sign a new television contract that's going to be worth in the billions. Just so happens to coincide that new contract is going to come up right when USC and UCLA are eligible to do what they want because they won't sign a, a continuance of their Pac-12 deal. So just follow yep. the money. The SEC is going to make it. The Big Ten's going to make it. And everybody else is going to look for that lifeline to join up with them. I'm just telling you, that's what's going to happen. And it's going to be... It's going to be a, like one big super conference and they're going to have their own commissioner, their own television deal, and they're going to all make gazillions. And you're going to have fun covering it. Oh, it's going to be fun, but also a headache. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, um, I, and I'm just wondering, there's so many things that I'm wondering, like, what's the playoff system going to look like? You know, what's travel going to look like? I, I was talking to someone before, before I hopped on with you, how will, you know, UCLA's volleyball team travel to play oh, yeah. Rutgers. Like, is that oh, going to yeah. be a viable thing that they can do? But maybe with oh, how much yeah. money the conference is making, th- that won't really matter as much. So I don't know. This got, is kind of wild. I got the solution for all of that. I got the solution for all of that. You, um, you hold like, you know, my daughter plays volleyball. You, you have a central location and you, you play a bunch of games against a bunch of teams and you go back home. Um, so you cut the travel yeah. costs in half. You cut, um, the the um, hotel stays and all that. You just three days, boom, boom, boom. You go back home and you play. You play a bunch of matches against a bunch of teams, and you go from there. I think that's the only way to solve that issue. That uh, certainly will will pop up if you have to do like you say. From I mean Rutgers all the way out to L.A. I mean, come on, that that's crazy. That's crazy. But anyway, Carter. Yeah. Um, so. LSU's like a three-point favorite in this game. Are you uh, are you taking LSU to win this thing, or do you think Florida State has the chops to to come into LSU's home away from home and win that game? They will have a game under their belt. LSU will not, so that's an advantage for the Seminoles. Yeah, I I like LSU in this game. I just think they they have the superior talent, but I do think. It, I mean, yeah, it's weird how it's it's like a three-point favorite on the betting lines, but I feel like the perception is, well, LSU's much more, you know, talented as a program. <laughs> so, you know, the, the public perception versus betting, it's kind of like I feel like this could be a closer game than a lot of people think, but if I had to pick a three-point favorite, I'd pick LSU. Could be a one-score game, um, but uh, I do think, yeah, you're right that, the, the game against Duquesne to start the year, week zero. Ugh. Yeah, it's Duquesne, but that's yeah. a good that's a good game for all these transfers, all these newcomers to kind of get right. their feet wet um, and and sort of coalesce together. There's a lot of transfers on this team that are going to have to uh, figure it out and, and have their roles figured out and LSU is in the same place. They've, they've got a lot of transfers on their team as well. So I think that might be the one slight advantage Florida state could have. Um, But ultimately I think LSU will have the the better talent to win. Well, well, let's do this again as we get closer to, uh, to game week. Uh, But I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Have a happy 4th of July, Carter. Um, uh, Really do appreciate it. Yes, sir. You too, Jordy. Thank you. All right, buddy, you take care. Uh, All right, the Houston Astros 
Uh, one of the hottest teams in baseball. You can see them live in person. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on Seattle on Saturday, July 30th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We've got listeners all over the globe. Bridget Venable listening to us from Rain, Louisiana. Thank you, Bridget. We greatly appreciate that. We'll be back uh, to wrap up our number one, the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are your home for the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com wants to help you out. You see, once you become a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House. How about a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen? But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the game clubhouse 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com or both it's free it's simple so go sign up and sign up today so we had Kendall Rogers on uh LSU baseball gets another uh picture from a really good one uh Thurston Hurd from UCLA we talked about that and the impact of a Wes Johnson as the pitching coach and the job that Jake Johnson has done to date. And they're, they're not stopping. They're still pressing onward. We found out a little bit about Florida state football with Carter Carls. Um, They run the football. They have a quarterback that likes to run it more than throw it and a defense that needs to improve, but where they're lacking is their offensive line. And that's LSU strength. The defensive line uh, tigers are going to roll. Um, in that one. So if you missed any of those, go to 1037thegame.com on demand and you can find those later on. Coming up, hour number two, Bob Starkey back in Baton Rouge, a member of Kim Mulkey's basketball staff. We'll talk with Bob. We'll get Michael Huguenin's thoughts on USC and UCLA bolting the back 12 and following the money to the Big Ten. Notre Dame, you're on the clock. Clemson, Florida State, Carolina, you're on the clock. I'm telling you, they're all going to start defecting. You will see. Trust me. Uh, hour number two, straight ahead. The Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are your home for the Houston Astros and the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here comes the blue. 
here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two, and away we go on this Thursday, June 30th, the year 2022. NBA free agency begins at 5 o'clock. Will uh, Zion and the Pels ink a deal for a max extension? Stay tuned. But the big news of the day, USC, UCLA, um, going to leave the Pac-12, according to multiple, multiple reports, and take their footballs and basketballs and baseballs and soccer balls and tennis balls and lacrosse balls and swimming gear and head to the big 10 head to the big 10. It's all about dollars. The big 10 is about to sign another new television contract in, in upwards of billions of dollars, billions of dollars. Um, and this will set off a, a pendulum, I believe, of other schools defecting and joining the two biggest conferences that have the most revenue to gain and to share, and that's the SEC and the Big Ten. But we'll have more on that. I was I was very, very excited um, when I heard the news, and I wanted to let him get settled in before I talked to him, but um, – one of the one of the great coaches who's been who, who's been at LSU for a long, long time. Let me tell you some of the people he helped coach while he was at LSU. All right. How about these names? How about Simone Augustus and Sylvia Fowles and Tamika Johnson? How about Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, Shaquille O'Neal, Stanley Roberts, just to name a few, just to name a few. He left. He went his own way, did some things. But uh, Kim Mulkey called. He responded and said, yes, we welcome back. Bob Starkey to LSU, and Bob is kind enough to join us today. Robert, it has been a long, long time, my friend, but I am thrilled that you're back in Baton Rouge. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I promise you, nobody's happier than I am. <laughs> so um, did this come out of the clear blue? Were you floored when, when you got a phone call from Kim? I, I absolutely was for it. I'll tell you tell you how it came down. I was actually in Minneapolis at the Final Four. I was in my hotel room watching the national championship game, and that's when the call came. And I was not expecting it whatsoever. I uh, was getting ready to, to leave Minneapolis and head back to Auburn, Alabama the next morning. And, uh, you know, the opportunity to, to work for a Hall of Fame coach like Kim and then to bring my wife and I back home to – uh, Baton Rouge and be part of the LSU community. It, it took me about two seconds to say yes. <laughs> um, how much has Baton Rouge changed since when you left to what it looks like now? Well, you know, it's interesting. People, I, you know, uh, people that know me know this, but uh, every summer I've came back. Uh, my wife comes back three or four times a year. Our relationships with people here. Uh, are so strong that that we came back several times. So we've actually been able to see the growth from year to year. Uh, but gosh, Jordy, on campus, it's amazing. And, you know, we're actually helping some of our uh, new freshmen check in today and yesterday. And the changes in, in housing are certainly a lot different than when you went to college. <laughs> there, you know, there's no such thing as dorm rooms anymore. Now, I know. Golly. Um, you started at LSU under Dale Brown. Now you're coming back to LSU under Kim Mulk or beside Kim Mulk and beside Dale Brown. Do you see some common commonalities between the two of those? 
I do. Uh, the, the first one and, and, and foremost one is they both have a, uh, an amazing ability to listen, and they care greatly about the people in their program, their student athletes, their coaches, the janitors, the administrators. It doesn't matter. They deeply care about those people, and that was, that was one of the first things that, that really grabbed my attention when I was working with Dale, and it didn't take me long to see that in Kim as well. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Um, you bring a wealth of knowledge. I, I remember when you first got to LSU, your your nickname was the film, the film king. I mean, you studied tape unlike anybody that had ever done it before. Um, is, is that still part of your mantra? Are you still a, a film junkie? Oh, I am. I just I absolutely love film. And, you know, it's it's it's. I shouldn't say it's gotten worse. It's gotten better with, with technology. I mean, you know, uh, of course, you remember what it used to be like with the uh, the old VHS tapes, and oh, now yeah. you know you can you can you can watch a, a film and you watch a practice, a game, an opponent on a laptop in a heartbeat, and you have the ability to cut it up and run through charts and do your own analytics. And you know, for somebody like me that really enjoys watching film and breaking it down, it's, there, there's not a greater time to do it than now. Yeah. Um... You've coached women's basketball a long time. You saw it in its kind of an infancy when it wasn't nearly as popular as it is now and the talent level across the board, right? Um, it's it's really gotten good. It's a fun game to watch. For those that, that maybe it turned a deaf a blind eye and a deaf ear to it, it's really kind of cool. Well, I do. I, it, it's a quality product. I, you know, the amazing thing to me is, the biggest fans of women's basketball are men's basketball players, whether it's on the, yes. the professional level, the, the you know, the NBA right players here. that follow the WNBA game. And there was probably yeah. uh, not a bigger proponent of our game than Kobe Bryant before he passed away uh, in large part because of his daughter. But, you know, the biggest fans we have on college campus are the men's basketball players. I just think uh, basketball players know what basketball play is. They have a great appreciation yeah. for it. We still play uh, you know, a great deal below the rim, but uh, the ability to pass and shoot and dribble and uh, the coaching's gotten better. And of course, all that's trickled down uh, levels to where high school uh, players have gotten better and junior high players have gotten better. And it's it's just been an evolution. It's been it's been fun to be a part of it. Uh, you know, we're going to get better, but uh, we're moving in the right direction. It is. It's a good product. It really is. Um... And, and Kim did a remarkable job of um, of generating interest, and interest comes when you win. But she could have put put a good product on the court and made it fun, made it exciting. And man, they had some great, great crowds there. It was like it was like Simone and Sylvia were back in the house, and the, it was a it was a it was a must see kind of ticket. When when she called you, um, what uh, what was her? What, what does she say she wants you to do? What is your role on this staff? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with my experience. Uh, she wants somebody like me that can uh, assist in helping to run practice and run the team, yep. uh, especially when she's out of town on the road recruiting. Right. Uh, certainly film and scouting will be a part of it. You know, one of the things that's big with her is that everybody is knee-deep in the recruiting. You know, there's not a day that doesn't go by that we don't meet, talk, call, recruit, 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 recruit. And she drives all of that with her energy. And uh, so it's a great opportunity for me, Jordy, to learn. Uh, You know, somebody comes in and says, you know, what are you you going to – 
what are you bringing to the table? I said, well, the first thing I'm bringing to the table is my eyes and ears. I mean, this lady's mm-hmm. won three national championships, and, and I'm anxious to see how she does it. It's been a fascinating month, month and a half of watching how she puts the staff together. You know, the thing that's so neat about her, Jordy, is she, she, she's Louisiana. I mean, she understands the people, the culture. Yes. Uh, and I think that's, that, you know, certainly, you know, having a good team and winning helped. But I think she connected with the, the people of Louisiana, too, and I think that's a big part of the draw. That's awesome, man. Um, I'm just thrilled. I'm looking forward to it. I know you can't talk about certain players, but, um, boy, she's hit the portal hard. You all have hit the portal hard. You got a commitment from the number one player in the country out of North Louisiana coming the following year. But, uh, uh, man, it's, it's an exciting time for LSU women's basketball and, and boy, I sure hope, and I I really believe it. Um, there's going to be a banner dropped with a national championship with that coach and her staff and and players. Um, it's going to come sooner than later. I really firmly, totally believe that. Well, it's, it, it's certainly part of the draw that brought me back. You know, we were blessed to go to some Final Fours here, but uh, couldn't bring a championship home, and it's something that she's done. She knows how to do it. She's won three. She knows what goes into that. She She's a, she's a great postseason coach. And like you said, you know, one of the things that's really unique about her, sometimes she gets a reputation as an, an old-school coach, and it's, it's the exact opposite. You know, one of the reasons we're hitting the portal and having all this success is because she's so, so open-minded in it. Yeah, uh, you know, you you can you can complain about the portal, or you can learn the portal. Same thing with NIL. Uh, she's very progressive, uh, very positive thinking, uh, thinks outside the box, and uh, all those things I think are, are leading to the momentum that you're seeing with us in recruiting right now. How about Simone Augustus getting a statue uh, on that campus? Huh? About time, right? It is. It's it's it, it, it's going to mean so much to everybody, but. Uh, it's not going to mean more to anybody than it is to her. We've talked about it. You know, when I was at Auburn last year, she came and stayed at the house for about three or four days. And it was one of the things that we talked about at that time. Had, it had not come to fruition yet, but I told her it was it was, it was going to happen. And, you know, for her to just grow up in the shadows of this university, a bad Rouge kid, and uh, she knows everything about us. She's just not women's basketball, but that's a kid that, you know, knows about the football program, the baseball history, men's bass. She knows everything about that university, loves that university. And it's uh, it's going to be a really special day, especially, you know, she's going up beside Shaquille and Bob Pettit. I mean, holy cow, that, that that's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. Well, they're going to put Pistol Pete up there first and then and then Simone. So that's that's four pretty good ones. Um to say the very, very least, let me brag on you just a little bit for our audience that may not know. Um, Bob was a part of the LSU staff and was an integral part of the staff that led LSU to four SEC championships, 12 straight NCAA tournament appearances, eight Sweet 16s, seven Elite Eights, and five consecutive trips to the Final Four from 98 to 2011 five consecutive trips to the final four. What was the best team you were a part of at LSU of those five teams that went to the final four, which is the one you went? I cannot believe we did not win the whole thing. I'll be honest with you. It was the team before the first final four run. 
Okay. Uh, we went to the lead eight. We went to the lead eight in Austin, Texas. That was Simone's freshman year. We had Ronika, Donika Hodges. Uh, yeah. We had Aisha Smith. We had Tamika Johnson. We had Keisha James. Uh, to me, that was the best team we had. And uh, we just we, we we had a bad day against a good Texas team and and fell short. You know, we had a we had a couple other opportunities there. I thought the team uh, that Van Chancellor coached that lost on the shot the buzzer. Uh, to yep. Tennessee, you know, we're a block out away from uh, playing Stanford, who Tennessee beat by 20 a couple of days later. So I, mm. I, I, there were a couple opportunities I thought we had. But honestly, God, the best team that I coached on the women's side there was the year before we went to the Final Four. Um, for the audience, what was it like with uh, on the men's side with Shaq and that group? Well, you know, that was, that was an amazing experience, too. I mean, that's you know, and, and working with coaches is, is certainly different. You know, coach right. embraces a lot of things. Like I tell people all the time, you know, you didn't know who was going to pop in at practice, who was going to pop in and That's talk to true. your team before a game, who was going to show up at his, his, his room at the hotel to talk to the team. <laughs> you know, he, he just he lived for the spotlight, and I think our team and our program benefited from uh, you know, Coach Shaquille was great. Uh, he's a great kid, great teammate, great work ethic. Uh, you know, there, there were and there were a lot of good players on that team. Vernell Singleton had an amazing senior Ooh, year. What a player! Uh, yep. The SEC championship. I mean, he just kicked it in right after Christmas, and uh, you know, there were a lot of good players. And, and you know, there's so much history of that program, which you were a part of, and uh, the, the family environment and, and what LSU basketball meant to the state back in those days, starting with, you know, coach passing out purple and gold nets around the state and everywhere you guys went, you guys were rock stars. I mean, basketball was so big back then at a school where it had never been like that before. That's what right. made that special. Right. Well, I, I, Bob, I'm just thrilled that you're back. I, I'm telling you, Kim Dale have a lot of similarities in the way that they they love their players, they love their program, they love the state, and they want basketball to reign supreme, and I can't wait for it. I can't wait to see you again in person, man. So glad you're back. All the best to you and your family, and, uh, and thank you for your time. Have a happy 4th of July. Thank you, Jordy. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. You take care. That's Bob Starkey on the LSU women's basketball staff. You know, it's time for an epic night of fights. UFC 276 is here. And two titles are on the line. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. New customers can bet $5 on any fighter to win and get $100 in free bets, win or lose. So whether it's a victory by KO, submission, or decision, you win no matter what. And with DraftKings same-game parlays, you can turn another small bet into a big payday. Combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, the number of knockouts, and more. For USC 276, you can place the same game parlay, and if it hits, you win double. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 1037GAME. Bet $5 on any USC fighter to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code 1037GAME this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC must be 21 or older physically present in Louisiana availability varies by parish eligibility restrictions apply minimum $5 minimum deposit see draftkings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions licensee partner golden nugget Lake Charles gambling problem call 1-877-770 stop 
Back with more after this on the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 30th, 1965. NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle grants ownership of the Atlanta Falcons to Rankin Smith Sr., Executive VP of Life Insurance Company of Georgia. Rankin pays a then-record $8.5 million for the Falcons. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back. Um, It is 22 minutes after the hour. Um, The Houston Astros are one of the hottest teams in baseball. You can see them live. In person, thanks to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. See, we want to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on Seattle on Saturday, July 30th, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, NBA free agency about to uh, kick off. Of course, there's no collusion. There's no um, backroom deals taking place. No, 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 no. Um, there's lots of stuff going on. Now, big question mark, Zion Williamson. This thing's going to get done. It's got to get done. It's got to get done quickly. It sends a message, sends the right message, not only to the fans of the Pelicans, but all those naysayers around the league that follow basketball that say, again, Zion's not going to be in Orleans. He wants to go to the big time. Why why would anybody want to go to New York and play for the Knicks? Why? That dysfunctional team. And if you've ever been to the Mecca, which is Madison Square Garden, it's a proverbial dump. It's a dump. It's like it's like Notre Dame Stadium back in the day when LSU played football there. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Wooden seats, and it was awful. It was awful. Now they have touchdown Jesus and all that and the reputation. But, man, it's terrible. Everybody wants modern, new, all that stuff. Yeah, Wrigley Field's going to make it. Fenway Park's going to make it. But all the other ones, man, give me the glitz. Give me the glamour. Give me the bells. Give me the whistles. So Zion, this thing's going to get done. And hopefully there's give and take on both parts. Because I think it's fair for the Pelicans to say, look, dude, three years, you played, what, 85 games out of a possible 200 and something? So, you know, and, and and Zion ought to say, look, I'm betting on myself and um, we'll, we'll get through this thing. Well, let's just get through it. And I'll be like Joel Embiid and I'll get healthy and we'll play and we're going to win. Team has a chance to really jettison up the charts. Really does. They've taken some, some really good, bold moves. So um, let's see. Let's see what happens. Um and all these people are making all these hypothetical. I mean, the Twitterverse is just so funny. Trade Ingram, Brandon Ingram, and Dyson Daniels and picks and get Kevin Durant. Hey, come on. 
I mean, it's crazy, 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 crazy. Um, so it's a busy time. And just like the Big Ten is not done with just USC and UCLA, I promise you, they got Notre Dame on their radar and some other teams as well. Um, and it's going to mean more for the SEC because I'm telling you, teams like Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech, maybe North Carolina. What do you do with Duke? I mean, what Duke may lack in football, they certainly make up for it in basketball, as does North Carolina. Um, you may have to add lacrosse to the SEC because those schools in the ACC do all that stuff and equestrian and stuff like that. It, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's going to happen sooner than later. I can promise you it's not, it, this is far, far, far from over. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens, but it's, uh, it, it's amazing. I didn't, you know, I didn't foresee this with the, the two figureheads of the PAC 12. Now, now what, what does the PAC 12 do? What is Oregon thinking? <coughs> what is Arizona thinking? You know, what, what, what's next? What happens to them? And I feel for some of these other conferences because uh, the television and the dollar bills mean everything. And teams in the Sun Belt, in the Southland Conference, man, it's tough. It is tough. Everybody wants to be included. Everybody wants to feel like they're part of the team. But realistically you're not you're just not teams like vanderbilt aren't not when it comes to football they'll be left behind and sooner than later we're not going to have the sec in the big 10 we're going to have boom a group and they're going to have their own championship level play and they're going to play against one another they're going to have their own television contracts they're going to have a commissioner it's going to be a mini NFL. It really is, in my humble opinion. But if you followed this show, I've been saying that. I've uh, been here for 10 years, and before that on other radio shows and in Baton Rouge, been saying it for the longest of times. It's just inevitable um, that that's going to happen, in, in my opinion. I, I just, I really can see it plainly and clearly. But I, enough of me on this. Um, Let's get an expert. Let's take a quick time out. We need to get Michael Huguenin from on3.com. Uh, he is the expert on this field. He'll share his opinion when we return to the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, where you're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Uh-oh. Do you know what day it is? Huh? Anybody? It's time for Jordy to break down the biggest storylines in college athletics with Mike Huguenin of On3.com. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Here is Hump Day with Huguenin. On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Well, we had the Astros on yesterday, so it's really Hump Day plus one, but we're always thrilled. And timing, timing is everything. (laughs) And we've got some timing news to discuss with Mike Hugan. Before we get to that real quickly, um, things in Brooklyn must be really out of whack because apparently Kevin Durant has requested a trade out of Brooklyn. Wow. 
Okay, that's one story, but even bigger than that, welcome to the Big Ten, USC, and UCLA. Michael Huguenin, what in the world? Did you anticipate that? No, I think that's a a three-letter moment, but then you realize there's been a lot of three-letter moments in the last 18 months when it comes to college athletics. Now, John Wilner is sort of the king of the Pac-12 media folks. He's extremely well-connected, and he points out that it's not done at the highest levels yet, which I assume means that the presidents of UCLA and USC are going to have to sign off on this. Um, And obviously, it's it's entirely driven by football. That would give – think about this. That would give the Big Ten, the New York, Chicago – in L.A. media markets. Wow. Yep. Um, yes. And when you take those markets to the free market, um, <laughs> that leads to buku bucks. Now, <clears throat> from a football standpoint, okay, you can see UCLA, USC. Uh, I think that the stuff that makes you sort of pause, UCLA and USC playing soccer at Rutgers. Right. Um, right. Good Lord, that's a lot of money to fly a team across country. Now, we all know that football drives the train, and from that aspect, this is the Big Ten shot across the bow of the SEC. You take Oklahoma and Texas, fine. We'll take USC and UCLA. So um, if it indeed comes to fruition, um, college football in particular is moving closer and closer to you know, it's a semi-pro league now, we, I, yes. I get that, but at some point it becomes more and more like a pro league. Um, and I'll be honest, if you're, you know, if you're Oregon State, if you're Washington State, you're going to be left behind. No and doubt. at some point, at yep. some point, um, you and I have talked about this before, what does Mississippi State bring to the SEC? What does Indiana bring to the Big Ten when it comes to football? Right. Um, it's you know the what Iowa does State Vanderbilt the bring State to the, the SEC? World. Uh, I, I'm shaking in my shoes if I'm those schools, the Mississippi States of the world. And you also wonder does the if if this does come if this does happen, does the Pac-12 say okay now we have to raid the Big Twelve, or does the Big Twelve say we have to go out and get the leftovers from the Pac-12? Who's the um, more powerful the conference in your mind? Which, um, who who has more here. weight, the Big 12 not, or the Pac-12? They're not vital. So it's going to be extremely interesting to see how all this shakes out. It's going to take a while, obviously. Uh, and I'll be, I won't be covering college sports anymore when all this is said and done. But, um, again, it's just more seismic change uh, for college athletics in an era of seismic changes. What's different for USC and UCLA as compared to Texas and Oklahoma is they didn't sign off on any extension with their television agreement, and the Pac-12 has to sign a new deal, and it just happens to coincide with them leaving and going to the Big Ten, whereas Texas, Oklahoma, that's a different story, right? Yeah, and plus it's the contiguous aspect. If you're Texas and Oklahoma, you're joining a league that already has schools in Texas, Arkansas, Missouri, teams that abut your state. Cal- you know, now you're the Big Ten, the closest Big Ten team to UCLA and USC, I think, is Iowa. Okay. 
So, you know, at least, again, if you're Texas and Oklahoma, at least you're in that region. Um, This is this would be an example of region no longer mattering at all when it comes to college athletics. And that could be the sort of the final domino toppling that leads that leads to massive changes in. It's a lot easier to change college football than anything else, yes. um, because college football people forget. You know, yes, it's an it's the NCAA's auspices, but the NCAA does not run the college football postseason like right. it runs every other postseason in the FBS ranks. So that leads that you know there's been more and more talk, and you and I have talked about it, and it's been. Mentioned for basically since 1982 when the Supreme Court TV deal ruling came down that eventually the big schools are going to pull away and form their own sort of organization. And this is, I think, if this happens, this is a giant step toward that happening. Uh, Mike Hugan and on3.com. So the SEC started it with Texas, Oklahoma. Now the Big Ten's going to the USC, UCLA. So the ball's now in the SEC's court to... If I'm the ACC, am I worried about teams wanting to defect from that conference? Like the well, Clemson, the I mean, Florida I, State, Virginia Tech to go to the SEC? College conference with 18 teams. Um, it's, but again, that leads, lends credence to those who think that college football is the one that's going to pull apart. And, you know, if you worry, I've heard people say, well, you know, if the big schools pull out, you know, well, why should the smaller schools care anymore? Well, because it keeps your basketball and your baseball and your softball and your soccer and your tennis programs viable. So yes. it's, I don't know, again, you know, Clemson's out there, uh, Florida State, North Carolina has a ton of appeal. Um, yeah. Miami, I guess, would have some. Um, what, ha- what happens then? Um, you know, again, I'm not sure you can have an 18 or 20 team league. But again, I think it's if USC and UCLA go to the Big Ten, it's just a giant step toward the football schools pulling away. Mike Huguenin on three dot com. It's just absolutely uh, phenomenal. I had a guy on that covers uh, the Florida State Seminoles on earlier in the show, and he he reiterated uh, exactly what you said. He said uh, they're they're making strides under Coach Norvell in his third season. Uh, but that offensive line, if they just get to mediocre, that would be a huge step in the right direction. If they got to mediocre, um, wow. Yeah, and I, I'm not convinced that Jordan Travis is that good a passer. He is a supremely good athlete. Um, he does great things with his legs in the FSU running game. The FSU offensive line did a nice job pass blocking last year. It's I'm sorry, nice job run blocking last year. Uh-huh. It's the pass blocking. That's the problem. And they again, they brought in two guys, two offensive linemen from the portal since spring practice ended, which obviously shows that they're not happy with the way th- things uh, have gone there. But that's still a uh, for an opening game against LSU. I would argue that oh, LSU's playing FSU in the opener. Um, that sounds better on paper than it is. I think because again, I don't I don't think that much of FSU. Um, and I'll if. LSU were to lose to the Seminoles in game one, whoa, that would not be good for Brian Kelly. I don't see that happening again. I think the FSU is counting on an FCS transfer, Jared Verse, from Albany to provide the bulk of their pass rush. 
They had breakdowns in their secondary frequently last year. Their linebackers are nothing special. Um, mm-hmm. now, you know, LSU's got offensive concerns and defensive concerns. That secondary, I don't sure. know how good they're going to be. Though I would argue LSU's transfers in the secondary are overall, I think, pretty talented. Can they gel quickly? Um, yeah, I think FSU is a middling ACC team this year, and that's not a game LSU should lose. Michael Huguenin on 3.com. All right, uh, back to the Big 12. They named Brett Yormark as its next commissioner. He served as the chief operating officer of Jay-Z's Rock Nation. Give me the rhyme and reason to this. What, what is this all yeah. about? He'd only been at Jay-Z's thing for about 18 months. Before that, he worked for Barclays Sports and Entertainment or something, the people who run the Barclays Center and own the Nets and a couple things. So a lot like the Pac-12, they went with a guy who has a marketing background uh, and not necessarily a college sports background. The SEC, ACC, and Big Ten all have guys who have sort of come up through the ranks um, the, the ACC commissioners of former conference is a former uh, athletic director, just like Bob Bowlesby, the former Big Twelve commissioner. So mm-hmm. I think the Big Twelve and and Pac twelve were looking for guys who would do different kinds of things, have different viewpoints. Um, you know, it's like it's like working at any company. You know, let's 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 pretend that the five power conferences are sort of like five different vice presidents working for the same company. Sometimes you like to bring in new blood from the outside to give you guys I you know new ideas, new viewpoints, different ways to do things, maybe realize hey, we're not bringing in the revenue we should in this aspect. So, um I, I saw some jokes where some big 12 commission big 12 athletic directors were like I had to google who this guy was. And that's probably true because I don't think anybody in college athletics had any idea who this guy was even a month ago um, or, heck, even three weeks ago. So it is interesting that the Big 12 went from Bob Bowlesby, who's a well-established, longtime college sports administrator, to a guy with zero college sports administration background. Mm-hmm. Mike, uh, back to this USC and, and UCLA. It, it, this is all about money, and money comes TV from money. television. Yep. That's the main thing that that I would be concerned. How, how, how does the Pac-12 go to a television network and say, "Hey, we're a viable conference"? Well, you don't have UCLA and and USC anymore, and the Big well, Twelve goes, yeah, "Look, we've got this and this." Doesn't um, Notre do Dame want to come join the Big Ten Phoenix. and the SEC's got Oklahoma? It's all about the you money. So I see personally, um, it's that that's that, that that's the question I have. Does the Pac-12 try to raise the Big Twelve or vice versa? Because the Pac-12 still has some big TV markets. It's just they've lost the biggest one. Yeah. See, if I'm Oregon and Arizona, I'm like Big Ten. Would you please take us? And, well, Oregon and Washington, um, I think, not, the, two schools the SEC, would y'all be interested Washington in us? really good academically. Um, <laughs> Arizona and Arizona State are not. I don't think Cal really cares about athletics. Stanford can do what it wants because it's got more money than anybody uh, yeah. when it comes to athletics because of their endowment. Um, Utah's another one. Um, I, I saw immediately, well, you know, maybe the Big 12 goes after Utah to, to pair them with BYU. 
Um, but again, Salt Lake City is a big TV market. Seattle is a big TV market. Phoenix is a huge TV market. Yeah. And San Francisco, which encompasses Cal and Stanford, I think it's the top five or six TV markets. So the Pac-12 does have some markets, but I think the problem is no one in San Francisco really cares about Cal. Um, I don't know what Arizona State's, you know, how, where do they rank in the pecking order in Phoenix? Uh, now, University of Washington is a big deal in Seattle, and Oregon's a big deal in Portland, which has obviously got some TVs. But, um, yeah, the, the whole idea of what's next, for the Pac-12 and Big 12 and takes on added significance because of the fact that they do have new commissioners and these new commissioners are not established college sports figures. So it's going to be fascinating to see what happens uh, with those two leagues if the UCLA-USC thing goes through. I've seen people say, well, this is a negotiating (laughs) ploy. For UCLA and USC, they want the you know they want the deal that Texas had in the old Big Twelve. They want mm. more money. I'm not sure mm. I'm buying that, but um, yeah, there's there's a lot of unanswered questions here. But if that those would be two more huge dominoes to fall. And the other aspect, from a television perspective, and what these teams I think have an issue with time zone. I mean, you don't get the Pac-12 Pac-12 at night. It starts so late a lot of times right. that you don't right. get to see that. And when you're going up in against the SEC, you're not going to win those rating games. Um, so they come well, over to the know. central you time had, zone, right? I'll be honest. You have USC and Ohio State playing every single season, and USC and Michigan playing every single season, and UCLA and Penn State. Um, that, yeah. that's, that's the kind of stuff that moves the needle. Um, you know, I've talked, we've talked about this before too, that, you know, Michigan and Ohio state drive all the TV money in the, in the big 10. No one, no one's paying to watch Indiana play Minnesota. No, but if you add USC to that mix and UCLA to a much lesser extent, if you have USC, Michigan and Ohio state, that's pretty good TV money. So three premier brand name. That's three of the top 10 brand name programs in college athletics. Um, USC because of its football program and its tradition. So um, what would be interesting to me, though, is that you're right about the time zone. You're talking about flying teams. Forget you're not you don't have a team in the in the mountain time zone. So you're going from the West Coast to the to the central time zone or the eastern time zone and vice versa so yeah, that's yeah. that is interesting and again oklahoma and texas well the the sec already had teams in the central time zone so that's not that big a deal but the usc ucla one would be what do you you keep saying if this happens what do you think would be the reason why it would not happen that there's enough. Of, I, I don't really see it. I think it's uh, the, from an academic standpoint, that's the Big Ten getting stronger. Um, yep. USC and UCLA, UCLA, especially people, that, that is a phenomenal school. Um, USC ain't bad either. It's not as good as UCLA. Um, but from an academic standpoint, though, you know, Cal and Stanford are obviously extremely, extremely good schools, mm-hmm. and so is Washington. Um, but the Big Ten, the it, it cares about academics much more than the SEC, for instance. So from, I, I, but yeah, I can't, I can't see this not happening. Maybe there's a five percent chance, you. but I, 
I can't. I can't see it. Does if it does if it's this you, far along that John Wilner is reporting on it? Um, yeah. Somebody wants it out there. Um, right. It's yeah. I don't know. Unless the school presidents decide this is not good for us, we want to stay a regional. We want to stay in a regional conference. That would be the only reason. Doesn't this speed up the process of Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC before the 2025 season? You would think so. You would think so. But yeah. the Big 12 ain't going to say, you know, oh, yeah, sure, we'll do anything you guys want. I still am mystified as to why they want to deal with a 14-team league for two seasons. Exactly. <laughs> Just the logistics nightmare that is but at the same time i don't see the big 12 telling oklahoma and texas you know we, you owe us money when you leave and eh, forget it just go no that's not happening either right. so um but yeah that's for one season if that's the case for one season at least big 10 is going to be better than the sec hmm. that's why i think the sec is going to get oklahoma and texas in in 2024 at the latest um and off we go, and then I'm I'm just curious yeah. what what the Clemsons and the Florida States and the Virginia Techs are thinking, because they got to be thinking in the back of their mind. Okay, well, what are what are we going to do? What what's going to happen right. to our league? Right. Um, and where can we go? Right. I mean, I just I think it's a it's a domino effect. But the one the one thing about the ACC, uh, outside of Boston College and Miami. None of uh, and, and Georgia Tech, none of those teams are in big media markets. Now Georgia Tech, the, the more people care about Georgia in Atlanta than Georgia Tech, and no I would question. argue that in Miami, the, the Miami fan base is a mile wide but an inch deep. So and in Boston, no one cares about college sports. So um, that's if you were if you were the yeah, SEC, ACC, if you were the SEC, what, Mike, what is there? What is there? move going to be and also what does notre dame do now does this to me again i don't know how you can have a league with more than 16 teams but my assumption is if notre dame tells anybody they want to get in that league's going that league's expanding to add notre dame Um, and if the big 10 were to somehow to get notre dame in its league oh my goodness oh i think that's i think that is inevitable let me ask you one last one before we go if you're the sec and you're brainstorming would you want to go ACC to get two more teams? Where or who who do you think would be the best two teams you could get outside of Notre Dame? That's an interesting from a football only standpoint, Clemson. Yeah. Um, but North Carolina, I know people look that that is a extremely prestigious school yeah. with phenomenal athletics. You can argue that football is probably the worst sport on campus. Worst. Yeah. So um you know, Florida State. But I'll be honest, if I'm Florida State, if you're Florida, you don't want Florida State or Miami in your league. Um, and if you're the SEC, you already have the flagship school in that state. So I don't know if Florida State moves the needle at all for the SEC. Um, Clemson, from a football standpoint, does. Uh, North Carolina, from a prestige standpoint, does. Um, I don't think there's anybody else in the Big 12 that you want. Um, okay. Oklahoma State and TCU, Oklahoma State, and Houston. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Houston, that's a, that's another thing. Houston, people forget how big a TV market Houston is. So the SEC already has that TV market to an extent with Texas and Texas A&M. So, yeah. And no yeah, one in right. Houston cares. 
So um, that, that's, a, that's a phenomenal question. That's My assumption is as soon as that UCLA-USC news broke, people at the SEC office sat down and said, okay, if we expand again, right. who are we going after? Yeah. You're right. Mike, we're out of time. I hate to say it, but uh, we'll talk about it next time. But have a happy 4th of July, buddy. Thank you. You too, man. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Take care. We'll be back to wrap things up. Tune in next week to the Jordy Holberg Show for Hump Day with Huguenin. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. a quick giddy up and get out of here. If today is your birthday, June 30th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share yours with the greatest swimmer ever, Michael Phelps, 37 years old today, and the most terrifying boxer I, I have ever seen, Mike Tyson. Iron Mike is 56 years old today. James, thank you so much for all you do. Thanks to our guest, Kendall Rogers, uh, Carter Carls with Florida State, Bob Starkey of the LSU Women's Basketball Program, and, of course, our good friend Mike Huguenin with On3.com. Hope you have a, um, a great day. Thanks to all of you for listening in. Thanks to our partners that make it possible. Uh, until next time, I'm Jordy Helperk. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. That's the most important thing, really. Let's be kind to one another, and let's all be happy and have fun. Life's too short. Enjoy the day. Until next time, so long, everybody.